Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad to have you along. And if no one has wished you happy Valentine's Day yet, well, why not? I mean, my goodness, we start at 3 o'clock Pacific time here in the afternoon. And the day has been going on for quite some time, but there are so many different things uh, that uh, people do on Valentine's Day. And I hope that you and yours have a chance to to celebrate flowers, candy, cards, you know, all that stuff. Um, that, that's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, some of my fonder Valentine's Day memories, obviously, uh, Valentine's Day with my wife, Lisa, is always a fun time to celebrate. But doing it kind of low-key this year. Got a lot of stuff happening in 2023. And just with, it's one of those, you know, now we're setting into married couple mode. It's on a Tuesday. And we got a lot of other things going on. So I'm sure we'll have a uh, a great time, you know, for, for the rest of the day. But, uh, you know, it's nose to the grindstone for us. But I remember being a guy in college uh, who worked for a flower shop in uh, Woodbridge Village, right there in Irvine. My dad's best friend from college, Warren Fick, owned Woodbridge Village Flowers. And my brother and I used to make a few extra bucks delivering flowers. And Valentine's Day was a, a busy day. And the, the last time I did that for him was in 1984, my first year at radio. I worked my overnight shift in San Luis Obispo, popped a couple of no-dos and had a Dr. Pepper and drove down to Irvine, delivered flowers for 10 hours, and then literally got another set of no-dos and drove back up and paid it in time for my midnight shift in the uh, Tascadero. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. But whatever you're doing, enjoy yourself. Hey, um. This first half hour, we're going to do a little analysis, balance, and clarity on the history of Valentine's Day. And a lot of people, you know, say it's a Christian holiday. Of course, there's St. Valentine, all that, the, the legends thereof. We're going to dig into some of those, but also take a look at how much of this is cultural and how much of this is Christian. But I, we've got some resources. At the end of the program yesterday, Crystal, uh, who's our erstwhile and, and tr- faithful and true phone screener for all the call-ins, sent Tamara and me an email and said, hey, I have a couple of things to give away tomorrow if you'd like to uh, talk about Valentine's Day, et cetera, et cetera. And so here's what we have. We have copies of Charles Stanley's six-sermon CD set called Messages on Love. We have five books from Dr. David Jeremiah, what the Bible says about love, marriage, and sex. We have five copies of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will and a half dozen CDs from Dr. David Jeremiah on what the Bible says about love, marriage, and sex, and a CD called Home Improvement When a Wife Loves Her Husband. Now that is three, five, eight, uh, 13. uh, That's 20 different resources that are all involved with love that we have to give away. So here's what we're going to do. We do have a giveaways plan. Amanda Jenkins from uh, The Chosen has a brand new book out on the harmony of the Gospels. It's kind of the chosen take on that harmony. Amanda's going to join me at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about that. We'll give away a copy of that. But why don't you give Crystal a call right now if you'd like to win something romantic. Um, for And we're talking biblical romance, of course. Uh, for Valentine's Day. 800-227-5278. It's kind of a everyone wins Valentine's Day. We've got so many different resources. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, we've got all these available, and I'm just going to leave it up to you. 800-227-5278. If you'd like to call in and win something Valentine's Day related, we have a, a Valentine's Day gift. Now, guys, I should point out, if you win something this afternoon, it's not going to be home tonight for you to give to your wife as a gift. Okay, I just or, or your girlfriend. It's, it's not going to happen that quickly. Okay, but since we're talking about love and love is in the air. 
my goodness, you can't do better than David Jeremiah and Charles Stanley. And these resources that we have available are just phenomenal. So we're putting it out there. If you would like to win a Valentine's Day themed resource today, we've got you covered. Give Crystal a call, 800-227-5278. David Jeremiah's book, God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will. We have five copies of that. And we also have Dr. David Jeremiah's book, What the Bible Says About Love, Marriage, and Sex. We have five copies of that to give away, in addition to three copies of Charles Stanley's six-CD sermon set on messages on love. So if you are looking for something love-related here on Valentine's Day, the Bottom Line Show has you covered. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I encourage you to give us a buzz, give us a call, and uh, let's see what's in the price package for you, <laughs> and maybe more importantly, for your significant other, uh, that spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend that you are sweet on today. Um, I really felt it was appropriate today to do an analysis, balance, and clarity segment on Valentine's Day, about Valentine's Day, because there is, obviously, there's a connection to Christianity. There is a lot of uh, speculation. If you read sites like history.com and the Smithsonian, that they talk about the blood and the gore of Valentine's Day, and it isn't all just hearts and flowers and candy. But I found a pretty good synopsis of uh Valentine's Day at Christianity.com, the website, and we'll post that. I think uh, Tamara's got that up now if she's not going to have it up uh, later uh, today. I wanted to walk through it and give us a chance to do a little analysis, balance, and clarity with regard to this holiday because I know it can be a source of great joy and inspiration for some. I still remember back to February 14th, 2019, uh, Lisa and I started dating, my wife Lisa and I started dating in uh, April of 2018. And it dated for almost a year. We were getting kind of serious. And our Valentine's Day that year, I had the show to do. And then we, um, uh, I, I went to her house and she made dinner. It was a really nice dinner. And we had a really lovely evening. And we exchanged gifts. And um, it, was, it was just kind of fun. Um, I gave her a bracelet. She gave me some socks. It was, I mean, it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? It was, it was a nice day to celebrate love. But I realized that on days like that and days like today, for some people, Valentine's Day isn't fun. Uh, there's so much hype into the romance part of it. And if you're not in a romantic relationship, it's not that great. And, or if you're in a romantic relationship, if you're in a marriage that's not good. I've, I remember uh, many a Valentine's Day in my first marriage where um, my ex and I were just not in the best of terms. And we tried to you know, make a go of it. But you just can't help feel like you're not making a go of it. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just not working out. And so I think as Christians, we really have an opportunity to demonstrate the ultimate love. Greater love hath no man than laying down your life for your friends. And that, of course, for us starts with uh, the example of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, you know, we can super spiritualize the holiday. We can look at its pagan origins and say, well, it's just for the world, so we're not going to do that. But I thought it'd be helpful to take a look at Valentine's Day through the lens of Scripture because I, I, it's important for us to get these stories right. And so what is it about Valentine's Day that is Christian? What is cultural? And how can we use the differences between the two to have conversations with our friends in the culture who might be going all out for Valentine's Day because it's all about love, 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 love without really understanding what real love looks like? So let's take a quick break. I did a lengthy preamble, and thanks for letting me wander through that. 
Uh, as we continue, I want to get into the Christian connections of Valentine's Day, the historical connections of Valentine's Day, and then give us a, a little, you know, some marching orders, if you will, as to how we can evangelize, especially on a day like today, but how we can utilize this day of love uh, as an opportunity to present to the world who desperately is searching for love what real love looks like, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let's talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover. She knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh doing a val uh, Valentine's Day analysis, balance, and clarity segment here. And boy, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, most people know that there is a St. Valentine. There actually may have been two of them. And Valentine's Day actually was established as a feast by Pope Galasius I to honor uh, a saint by the name of Valentinus, who was martyred on February 14th. And there are a couple of different stories, whether or not he there was one St. Valentine, whether or not there was two. Uh, there were actually three saints that had the name of Valentine or Valentinus, two from Italy, one from Africa. Two of them were, in fact, beheaded. The third one uh, supposedly was martyred. Um, but that's, you know, that's how the story goes. Now, you may know of this. Um, one Valentine story uh, is that a temple priest was imprisoned for ministering to Christians who were being persecuted in Rome, and the Roman Empire was notoriously hostile to Christians. By the way, if you remember our conversation last week with uh, uh, Pastor Robert Thune and talking about you know how to live in a culture, he was looking at the example of First Peter, he said how to live in a culture where the culture is really against you. Um, this is a uh, this is the time where we in the body of Christ here in the U.S can learn a lesson or two from our brothers and sisters centuries ago in Rome. Um, here, the first Valentine story that you're probably familiar with is one of the Valentines uh, had been imprisoned. While he was in prison, he fell in love, in love with a young woman. And right before he was to be executed, he sent her a farewell note that was allegedly signed, you are Valentine, before his ex execution. Um, now, it's interesting, one of the stories, and Smithsonian.com uh, has this story too, that the woman that he fell in love with was in fact blind, and she was the daughter of a jailer, and uh, the jailer basically said, I will get you free if you heal my daughter, and, um, and so he did, he was able to lay hands on her and she re received her sight, but then Valentine went to be beheaded anyway. Um, now, another story that you might be familiar with with regard to the or, uh, the origins of Valentine's Day, is that um, the, the the Valentine legend, if you will, is a, uh, a 
because St. Valentine was imprisoned and he was performing secret weddings and uh, the, the soldiers would come by and Emperor Claudius found out that uh, the Valentine was actually performing weddings for soldiers who uh, were not supposed to get married. The Emperor Claudius had said, you know, every guy who serves in our military is going to be single. We want them to stay focused. And these guys wanted to get married. And so apparently one version of the Valentine story says that Valentine was beheaded because he was the guy who was performing weddings for the soldiers serving under Emperor Claudius. Um, yet another one. There's <laughs> lots of different legends here. Uh, that instead of being put in jail, Valentine the priest was put into the custody of an aristocrat named Asterius. And after hearing him speak, um, Asterius challenged Valentine about the validity of Christ. And basically, um, he had an injury and um, that they uh, the, the needed healing from. And he said, look, I'll tell you what, um, you know, if Jesus is real, uh, basically heal me. And if you heal me, I'll believe. And so basically healed him. And uh, the whole family got baptized and Emperor Claudius found out about it and had them killed. Uh, you know, that this is, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, he, uh, so many different details and you have to wonder if in fact any of these, you know, are in fact true. It's pretty obvious to a lot of people that there was a Valentine and a Saint Valentine, and the idea of you know the your Valentine you know kind of took on its its romantic roots in the pagan world. But before we get into those pagan connections, I'd love to just kind of take a a, a moment here to circle back around and say all all these different Christian connections to the Valentine's Day story. Listen to the plausibility of this. The fact that you have one version of the Valentine story that shows Valentine being arrested and put into prison simply for being a priest, ministering to Christians who are being persecuted by the Roman Empire. That was enough to get this guy arrested. Um, we're going to see that again in our culture at some point. We're kind of seeing it to a certain extent. I think of our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom having to j defend Jack Phillips yet again, uh, this time for his, uh, you know, of course, masterpiece cake shot cop and uh, Jack Phillips should be busy busier than God knows what on a day like today because I mean today's the day that people are thinking about getting married couples are getting engaged you know love is in the air that type of stuff and you would think that a guy like Jack Phillips would be really busy on a day like today but we know that because of the laws of the state of California or excuse me state of Colorado Jack wound up having to give up his wedding business about 10 years ago because of the challenge of a same-sex quote-unquote married couple who wanted him to do a cake for their quote-unquote wedding reception and the Colorado Human Rights Commission violated Jack's uh, rights as a Christian and a business owner and the Supreme Court ruled in his favor seven to two. Now what happened literally the day that verdict was handed down is a uh, person who works in the DA's office uh, in Colorado uh, contacted Jack Phillips Bakery, Masterpiece Cake Shop, specifically asked for Jack and said, look, I'm transgender. I'm having a gender reveal party for myself. Uh, I want blue icing on a pink cake. And that way, when people cut into the pink cake, they'll say, hey, this man is now a woman. Because that's who I really was inside, blah, blah, blah. And Jack said, look, I, you know, again, it's all about artistry. It's all about decoration. And I decorate uh, to glorify God. If you want to buy a pink cake and put blue icing on it for my plate, you're more than welcome to but I don't decorate cakes for that type of stuff. 
And that case started in 2018 and has been going on. He's lost, Jack's lost a couple of appeals. He may wind up before the Supreme Court again. And the reason I stress our, our relationship with Alliance Defending Freedom so often here on the Bottom Line Show is a guy like Jack Phillips, who should have one of his best business days on Valentine's Day, like today, is now fighting for his life again and facing off death threats and upholding his, uh, his witness for the Lord um, and so very, very well. By the way, if you want to learn more about Jack's case, um, you can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. We've got a link for Alliance Defending Freedom there. Uh, if you want to make a donation on Valentine's Day to support uh, Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop with Alliance Defending Freedom, here's a number you can call. And quite frankly, I, I mean this sincerely. Uh, making a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom today could be one of the nicest Valentine's Day gifts you give or receive. Um, 877-367-6461 is the number to call. 877-367-6461. Uh, Kristen Wagner, who's the general counsel and the president of Alliance Defending Freedom, has been a regular on the Bottom Line show for years, uh, recently put out a post where she encouraged supporters of Alliance Defending Freedom. She said, you know, we have 4,600 attorneys and paralegals and other legal professionals who literally donate their time to uphold these cases. You know, Jack Phillips is not facing any legal fees for what he's going through because uh, Alliance Defending Freedom represents him pro bono because of the gifts that we give. And she said, quite frankly, you know, you might say, well, yeah, but I mean, sometimes you guys win damages and things like that in a case. And she said, yeah, but, but you got to understand that every dollar you donate to Alliance Defending Freedom is like making a $4 donation because the attorneys donate so much of their time. So your $100 donation to Alliance Defending Freedom today is actually like a $400 donation. $1,000 is like 4000 So I encourage you. I know it's not the most romantic-sounding Valentine's Day gift, I realize, but a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom today in honor of your Valentine would be wonderful. Uh, 877-367-6461. 877-367-6461 or go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click the banner for Alliance Defending Freedom. You can make a donation there in honor of your sweetie. And uh, maybe for the dollar amount, my, my, I think about my parents who've been together for 70 years this year and uh, have been married for 67. Um, you know, pick a dollar per year if you want to or $10 per year, whatever it is. Um, we, we realize that Valentine's Day is a we celebrate it to celebrate the love of God. Uh, we know that it's got pagan roots. Uh, we know that uh, the Valentine's Day became connected to romantic love, allegedly, ostensibly, due to a poem by Geoffrey Chaucer. Uh, 1375, he wrote Parliament of Fools, connecting romantic love to belonging to the beginning of the mating season of birds. And the famous line, for this was sent on St. Valentine's Day when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. Uh, you know, courtship flourished during that time. Couples started using flowers and candy and cards during that time. Maybe that's where we get the term love birds. What does that mean, though? We haven't looked at scripture yet specifically to talk about the love of Christ. Let's take a break and we'll do that on the other side of this break. Valentine's Day from a Christian perspective. More in just a moment as the bottom line continues. 
You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and last a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Valentine's Day edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad that you've tuned in uh, for this edition. We're taking a look at uh, some of the writings in uh, Christianity.com, Smithsonian.com, History.com about Valentine's Day and looking to see if we can separate fact from fiction with regard to, is Valentine's Day actually a Christian holiday? There's a lot of evidence. I mean, obviously, there was at least one St. Valentine. There may have been three, a couple from Italy, one from Africa. The legend of Valentine being beheaded is not a legend. It actually did happen. The question is, um, how, uh, what was the crime? You know, was it because he had been jailed uh, for uh, performing weddings for Roman soldiers and Emperor Claudius said, I'm going to behead you for that? Uh, is it was because he was ministering to Christians of the Roman Empire and the Roman government didn't want to be part of that? Is it because uh, he was secretly, while he was in jail, fell in love with the daughter of a jailer, healed her from blindness, and the emperor found out and killed him. Regardless, there is a romantic uh, quality to this day, and it might be Geoffrey Chaucer who kind of turned it into a cultural cards and flowers and hearts and kisses day with his poetry back in the 14th century. But when you think about love, I mean, obviously romantic love is all over the Song of Solomon, the Song of Songs. I mean, I think of Song of Solomon chapter 3, verse 4, where I found the one my heart loves. I mean, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. It flashes, its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offered uh, for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. Romantic love is huge in Scripture. And it should be celebrated because God created us for community. Some people are called to marriage. Some people are called to singleness. There are four different types of love that we see in Scripture. And one of them, of course, is eros, the erotic type of love. That's husband and wife, you know, having those feelings for each other. But there's also agape, the greater love hath no man than you lay down your life for your friends. There's also uh, phileo, which is Philadelphia love, which is I love you in a familial sort of way, like we're all family and so we love each other. And then there's the sorge, which is the I love you anyway kind of love. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, the, that's the parent to sibling or parent to child when they're going through uh, uh, adolescence. That's the siblings, I hate you, but I love you type of love. 
basically Valentine's Day really does give us a golden opportunity to celebrate love, to start a conversation about love, and to recognize that we live in a culture that does not understand what real love is. They understand the feelings of love, but, you know, um, let's face it, people don't really understand what love is, but we in the church do. We know in Romans 13, Paul writes, the opening verses, he talks about the government, but then in verse 10 of chapter 13, Paul says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. He also writes in 1 Corinthians 13, you know these verses, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Now here's one for the, the, the age and would be, be wise to show that love of Christ to people in the culture around us. Love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. As we watch the uh, outpouring of support against the demonic activity at the Grammy Awards. Let's remember 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Lord God, today as we celebrate love, we celebrate romantic love in the culture for husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends who are uh, enjoying those relationships that hopefully you have brought them into. We pray also that uh, we, we know that we live in a world where there are people who are celebrating uh, immoral forms of love. They're celebrating love that's not of you, that's not what you intended. And we know that you intended that type of love, that erotic, er eros love, if you will, to be part of a healthy marriage relationship. But we also know, too, there are different types of love, phileo, agape, storge, just to name a few, that we are also called to model to the culture. Help us to be more loving. Help us to be more patient. Help us to be more kind to people, knowing that your kindness leads people to repentance. Help us not to be boastful and proud. Help us not to so seek ourselves and not be easily angered in this culture, but help us to rejoice with the truth and keep modeling that. We know, we understand that when people do face what they're facing in the world right now, sometimes a worldly solution is all they can see. Help them to see your love in and through us in everything we do and say today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll take a quick break here on this Valentine's Day edition of the Bottom Line Show as we continue. Amanda Jenkins, the wife of Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, will be joining me. We're going to have a conversation about The Chosen's new book, on the harmony of the Gospels, all the places where the Gospels, all four of them intersect. That doesn't always happen a lot, so there are some stories you remember in the Gospels as being that way, and maybe they don't intersect. Also, today's Valentine's Day. We have a massive Valentine's Day giveaway going on right now. Five copies of Dr. David Jeremiah's book, God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will, up for grabs right now. Uh, Crystal's taking your calls at 800-227-5278, and you're getting on before the rest of the network gets on, so you get first dibs, if you will. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Win something fun for Valentine's Day from your friends here at The Bottom Line. On the other side of this break, Amanda Jenkins joins me coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. This is an exciting time. We just finished our first movie. We had a great turnout from KBRT, and we want you to know that you're invited to the second one. Those of you who missed it, because we know there's quite a few who would like to have come, it's going to be on February the 25th. 
It's going to be at the Gem Theater. They're going to have free popcorn, free sodas, and free hot dogs. It's a fun location. It's a fun place to go and take you back in time. But really what it does is it's even more fun to get the information because the information that you get can really be vital to where you are now or where you're going to be in five years from now. And so when do you start thinking about retirement? Well, you better start thinking about it now. And and so this will get you ahead of the ball, get you ahead of the curve. We can't emphasize enough that it is really a, for lack of a better word, it's a non-denominational movie. It's just there to give you the facts and let you disseminate how and what you're going to do with your future. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Very special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line because we're going to talk about an aspect of The Chosen that a lot of people don't take into consideration. I mean, obviously, the the fact that we have these fantastic, uh, you know, screenings and uh, set visits and all the things that go with the visual is just really remarkable. But Amanda Jenkins is with me today here on The Bottom Line. She's the wife of Dallas Jenkins, and Amanda has a huge responsibility with regard to The Chosen, especially uh, for a brand-new Chosen devotional that we're talking about today here on The Bottom Line Show. Amanda Jenkins, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate your accent. Well, for anyone who's watching on myhopenow.com, we've we've been having a nice conversation before we started <laughs> our online here about what an accent wall is. Um, Amanda, talk about what you, I mean, The Chosen's phenomenal. Congratulations on the, I mean, not only the opening weekend success back in November, but then of course, season three just wrapped up. Episode seven and eight were released in theaters before they actually uh, made it to the app. And uh, you were in the top 10 at the box office yet again, you know, which shows that people do want to see the life of Christ. They want to see the scripture yeah. come to life on the big screen. How exciting was it for you and for your husband to see the successes, not only in the fall, but also just last weekend in the box office? Yeah, I mean, it is it is a lovely part of what we're doing. It's not the point of what we're doing. And so it's right. just been this really kind of unexpected and cool side thing. Um I, I miss movies in the theater. I feel like, you know, there just aren't that many anymore. So the fact that we got to put Jesus up there, it was just a, a cherry on top of a really good season. Yeah. And, and a seat, what a season it's been. I mean, and we're talking all the way back to 2017, 2018, of course, when the chosen really got its start. Um, I always ask anybody who's been on the cast uh, or you know, the crew of the chosen to give your own explanation. Cause we do have a few bottom line show listeners who might say, why is Roger always talking about the chosen? Can you give us maybe, be a 60-second overview of what The Chosen is, because I think there there might be some misinformation out there that maybe Amanda Jenkins can kind of cut through the clutter uh, and clear up for us. <laughs> I better be able to at this point. <laughs> uh, the Chosen is a multi-season show about the life of Jesus and his followers in that last three years of his ministry. So um, just a really unique look at Jesus uh, from a historical fiction point of view. We're, we're steeped in scripture, um, but we do take some creative license with, you know, what, what might they have been talking about as they were walking to Samaria or as they were, you know, eating breakfast in the morning or whatever it is. So, um, it's, it's, it really is a, a close look at the people who follow Jesus, because when we can connect with them, we can connect better with Jesus. So that's kind of the intention behind the show. Well, I love that. And there's a devotional book out now called The Chosen Presents, A Blended Harmony of the Gospels, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I know this is where now we're getting into Amanda Jenkins' wheelhouse, because your husband, Dallas, of course, the creator of the series, he's the director, he's working with all the writers, making sure all the visuals look right. But there are so many other parts to The Chosen Ministry, and you have responsibility for the oversight of that. 
Talk about what you're referring to when you refer, mention a blended harmony of the Gospels. You know, a lot of people are are saying, well, I'm not sure if this is biblical or this, that, and the other thing, but oh, yeah. if, if anything, this is probably the most biblical representation of Christ because of what you're doing with that harmonizing of the Gospels. Talk about that, if you would. Yeah, this is our newest. Um, it's a, it's like a 40-day, broken into a 40-day reading plan of all four of the Gospels, which are parallel stories told by four different um, disciples of Christ, all put together so that um, it reads more like a story. So um, instead of Matthew's account and John's account and Luke's account, these are put um, kind of back to back uh, so that they just are fluid. And But it's all the Bible, which I love. So Dallas is always the first to say that the chosen is not the Bible and he is not a pastor. He's a, he's a filmmaker and we're doing our best. Um, but we want the show to point people to the Bible and this is the Bible. And so we're, we're so excited about this one because that's our heart. We want people to land in God's word. So that's what this is kind of broken into 40 days of reading. So it's really great to leading into the, um, really the Easter season is, is that's coming upon us. And, and mm -hmm. I'm just excited about it in general. Well, Amanda, Amanda Jenkins with me today here on The Bottom Line, responsible for the content of that part of The Chosen, which, of course, you've loved on the app and you've seen at the big screen. This new book, The Chosen, presents a blended harmony of the Gospels. is a perfect way, the Lenten season, of course, Ash Wednesday coming up and getting us all the way through Holy Week and then Easter. Um, can't think of a more—I mean, a better time for people in the body of Christ, especially— Everyone celebrates Christmas, Christians celebrate Easter, so when you get right down to it culturally, this is where we really do take a stand and make a stand, but doing so in a way that shows it, uh, the word I keep hearing about chosen, the chosen more than any other is relatable. You know, people saying, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that these kinds of things happen. I didn't realize that Simon and Eden went through stuff that, hey, I know people in my church who've been through that type of thing. Talk about how how important it is to, you know, you're talking about the harmony of the gospel, which is great because that's biblical. And sometimes people don't realize that there is that kind of synchronicity between the the, the four gospels. But yeah. then, you know, the the balance of saying, okay, how do we show people, not make it relatable, but show people how relatable it really is? Yeah, well, our uh, Dallas and, and the writers, they kind of work backwards. So they look at the stories in scripture that we have. And, and whereas traditional um, Jesus projects will take you just kind of miracle to miracle or sermon to sermon, they're filling in that um, the, the middle. And so they'll take those moments, those moments that we have recorded in scripture, and then they'll say, okay, what might've gotten us to this place? Um, why would Matthew have dropped everything and left the tax booth as soon as Jesus called him? So they work backwards and then they fill in what is biblically plausible. Um, and then we have our, our people who surround us, who keep us, um, uh, who keep us honest and like our new Testament scholar and our messianic rabbi and people who really kind of set some boundaries for us to work inside. But then these guys are, they're storytellers and they're movie makers and they're creatives. And so they get to fill in some of that with what, what could have um, been Matthew's reasons or um, what could have been Mary Magdalene's backstory. And I think what people are reacting to is that they're seeing themselves on the screen rather than, you know, Dallas always says we're, we're trying to take these characters off of stained glass windows and because they were real mm. people with real problems and real struggles and crises of faith and all the things that we're going through every day. And so when you're able to identify with the people around Jesus who were rescued by Jesus and radically changed by Jesus, then you actually can see yourselves in those stories. So um, that's what we're trying to do with these characters and kind of how we, how we do it. 
Amanda Jenkins is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. She and her husband, Dallas, the creative forces behind The Chosen. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done with the video, of course, with the visual, with the writing as well. This brand new uh, devotional book is perfect for this time of year. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, Amanda, you guys have, obviously you hear from hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who've contacted you over the three seasons of The Chosen. Season three seemed to be kind of a turning point. I mean, the first two, a little more honeymoon-like, and the third one, this is where it really gets tough. I mean, this is where a lot of the harder questions are showing up, and, and uh, you know, it seemed like Jesus had as many enemies as friends <laughs> during this season. Is there any one, was there any one storyline or any one email or post that you got from a, a viewer of The Chosen that really stuck with you? I mean, I wish I could, I'm, I actually am glad to say there isn't just one. There, there are so many people who've contacted us this season who who were so comforted by the story, especially about little James and, and how we show that little mm -hmm. James has this ailment that Jesus doesn't choose to heal. And a handful of people didn't like that um, because they they think it's a matter of, you know, faith and, and Jesus heals everything as long as you have enough faith. Um, I think a lot of us have experienced that we don't always get the things that we ask for and that sometimes right. Jesus's plans are different uh, than we wish they were. And so how do you deal with those really tough things? And we've had a lot of people who've been dealing with a lot of tough things. There are a lot of hurting people. And um, what was so cool about it is just they, they felt seen and they felt not just... Um, not just seen by Jesus, but but the, the, but also a purpose, a purpose in it, and and so it, it's been a really encouraging season to see people who otherwise have been discouraged be so encouraged, including us. We we have some stuff in our lives that um are have so far gone unhealed and un, unfixed according to you know what we would like to see and. You know, I, I, it's funny how the chosen ministers to us first, God has been really merciful mm. in that way. And so, but, but yeah, I would say those stories of, um, of struggle and heartache, but Jesus being the comforter and, um, and being reminded of his plan has been my favorite part of this season. I think that's wonderful. Amanda Jenkins is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the lead creator for The Chosen's extra content. So if you enjoyed The Chosen, and we had a lot of Bottom Line listeners who were thrilled to get those tickets for the Fathom Events event back on the 2nd through the 6th, where The Chosen wound up in the top 10 at the box office yet again. Um, and I, I, I'm in anticipating there's going to be a full-length motion picture at some point but oh. I, I don't I don't want to I because I, I, I realize that husband of yours may have a score to settle with those Gavin Stone people but that's that's a whole different conversation I'm sure you're working uh, out a whole backstory yeah <laughs> uh, let, Amanda let's talk about this from the perspective of the fact that people forget that you guys are married obviously you in Dallas but you have four kids too and a lot of the the stuff that you're writing, you're hearing from a lot of adults and everything, but the the chosen is having an impact and imprint on children. You're writing Bible studies, you're writing children's books and things like that. Talk about why a series like The Chosen and the resources that you're working on are so important for kids, especially in this day and age. That's been just an awesome surprise that that kids actually are connecting to the show. It's 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 you know, it's complex sometimes and there are heavy accents. And, and I, I don't think we at all thought that this was going to connect with kids, but kids love the show. And, um, and so we do have some fun extra stuff for kids, some uh, kids devotional and kids picture books and activity books and things like that. Just to, we want to disciple the kids that are, that are coming and we want to have parents to have resources for those kids. So that's all, all available on our app, but um, it's been probably the single most thing that um, that makes Dallas cry almost instantly is any story um, he hears or letter he gets from a kid. 
It's been pretty neat. And then our own kids, you know, our, our own kids are struggling their way through some things. They're teenagers mm-hmm. and they're growing up and, um, and it's, I mean, how, what a double blessing for us that this thing that we're pouring ourselves out for is also actually ministering to our own kids. So it's been, how nice. are you, I had your father-in-law on not too long ago, and he was talking about the, the similarities between the left behind thing, Jerry B. Jenkins, of course, and, and, uh, the chosen and how he and Dallas were the same age when these things all happened. Ah. And, you know, the fact that he grew, grew, grew up, how has it impacted the success part? How has it impacted your family? I'm asking you, not him, because, uh, you know, mom will tell us what's really going on, you know? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say we saw that modeled so beautifully, um, by Jerry and, and how he took that in stride and, and, and didn't change who he was and right. was very generous. And, and so we have a, we have a good model. Um, but also honestly, like the thing is so successful that Dallas, he's too smart to even take credit for it. He's like, this is, this is a God thing for whatever reason, God's right. chosen this thing at this time. And, you know, he was, he came off of a career fail right before. So, so he's just been properly humbled and he stays on his face. And so the success is great. It's, it's more scary than, um, than anything, just because we're trying to continue to steward it well. So um, it's all, it's all those things, but I, I do appreciate the example that we've, that we've been able to watch for a number of years. That's wonderful. Well, I don't ask this enough, but I'm going to ask our listeners to make sure you keep the the creative team, especially starting with Dallas and Amanda Jenkins in your prayers on a regular basis, because of the fact that this has become such a huge phenomenon. And obviously that you use the, the perfect word to describe it, how you steward what is God has placed in front of you into your hands and, and is using to touch the hearts and lives of millions of people. We've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation with Amanda Jenkins, the lead content creator for All Things Chosen off the screen, as well as, you know, one who contributes as well on screen. This new book, The Chosen Presents a Blended Harmony of the Gospels, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, what would make this the perfect gift for this time of year right now? I mean, you mentioned Easter earlier, but I know there's a listener who's sitting there on the fence going, haven't watched all the chosen yet, or I'm kind of not sure, certain about what is going to be in this book. What what are the, the 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 reassurances you can give a listener that this is the perfect resource not only to use, but also maybe to share with somebody who has questions about the Bible, about Jesus? Well, it's just, an you know, it's more accessible. So sometimes the Bible can be really overwhelming to, to people. They don't know where to start. They don't know, you know, how much to read, how far to go. And it just is, it's so accessible. So it's not only in a really great um, format, you know, it's, it's, it's small, it's unintimidating, but it's also broken up into, into short reads. And so it really, it feels digestible. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a beautiful little book. So. I love it. Well, and it and I, it sounds like you're quite proud of it, and not in I am. yeah, I mean, and and not in a braggy sort of way, but rather in a hey, look what God is doing sort of way. Here's yet another uh, great resource that's coming from this whole project that you guys are able to steward, and I think it's fantastic. Amanda Jenkins, thank you for the work that you guys have done on the Chosen, and also for this brand new book, The Chosen Presents: A Blended Harmony of the Gospels, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Amanda, God's richest blessings to you and the family from all of us here at the Bottom Line. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a great resource, and I highly, I mean, it's a fun Bible study, if you will, taking a look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the different details, different timelines, different emphases of each gospel. Sometimes when you read them individually, you don't get the whole narrative together, but this book, The Chosen Presents a Blended Harmony of the Gospels, will help you do just that. 
800-227-5278. We've got one copy of this book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Of course, we have one copy of this book from Amanda Jenkins and the writing team at The Chosen to give away, but we're also in the middle of a massive Valentine's Day giveaway. We're giving away resources by David Jeremiah and Charles Stanley and more. 800-227-5278. If you don't get a chance to win uh, the book by The Chosen Crowd, uh, you definitely want to take advantage of what we have in store for you here. Uh, and if, if you're just tuning in because the KCBC audience doesn't get the first half hour of the program uh, live, but we do get the second half hour, uh, we've got five copies of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will that we're giving away today. In addition, we have three copies of a sermon series by Charles Stanley of In Touch called Messages on Love. This is a six sermon CD. And uh, we've got three of those sets available to give away as well. So give Crystal a call, whether it's for the chosen book on the harmony of the gospels or David Jeremiah's book, God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will, or the Charles Stanley CD series, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we continue, a bit of a Valentine's Day love from a pastor in Chicago who recently did something rather remarkable to raise awareness and funding for an area in the South Side that has been really coming under attack. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, taking your calls for the book by The Chosen Creators. Amanda Jenkins was kind enough to join me for the past 10 minutes or so and talk about it. The book is called The Chosen Presents a Blended Harmony of the Gospels. It's an imitation leather, no less. This is a really nice book. And we have an opportunity for you to win a copy right now when you call 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. If that weren't enough enticement, we also have uh, David Jeremiah's book called God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will. Got five copies of that we're giving away this half hour. 800-227-5278. It's Valentine's Day, right? So why not give away God Loves You, He Always Has, He Always Will. And if you're looking for some solid Bible teaching, Dr. Charles Stanley of In Touch has a six-sermon CD set titled Messages on Love. We have three copies of that sermon series to give away as well. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. Eight hundred two two seven five two seven eight is the number to get you through to the bottom line. So if you don't, it seems like I'm not quite sure why this happens, but it seems like here on the Bottom Line Show, when listeners know that you have multiple copies of something that we're giving away, we get more phone calls because more people think they can win. <laughs> I don't, you know, and, and it's interesting because there's a graciousness with our listeners that I really love, a thoughtfulness in terms of. The issues that we're dealing with and you know having conversation about it got a really nice note from a longtime bottom line listener yesterday said i love listening to the show because i feel like the many viewpoints are represented and respected and you know god leaves it up to us to develop the discernment to figure out what's right what's wrong oftentimes we're in such a big hurry to make sure that we're right and everybody else is wrong that we take a something like the chosen and go well i would think Biblically, that's not right. Or the, I think the Mormons were paying for this, so that's not right. Or, you know, we see what's happening at Asbury University in, in Kansas, and there's a massive revival going on there because they're coming up on the seventh day. So it was a student gathering last Wednesday night, and they 
the Holy Spirit just showed up in a big way and, uh, and manifested himself and people started coming to faith. And so they didn't stop the meeting. The meeting kept going all through the night. And then the next morning, more students started showing up and they kept meeting and they going all through the night the next day. And then people started hearing about it on social media and showing up uh, from other parts of the country. I watched a really interesting video uh, with Elisa Childers. Uh, she has a great uh, podcast ministry and has written many books on apologetics. She is a uh, uh, veteran of the contemporary Christian music world on two different levels. Um, she was part of a group called Zoe Girl back in the 1990s. And then evidently, I believe she was, uh, she's the daughter of one of the founders of Love Song from Calvary Chapel and Maranatha Music way back in the day. She just happened to be in the area at a speaking event. So by the time Sunday rolled around, she went over and saw what was happening. And she said, you know, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of emotion. Uh, it's really great to see. Um, is this a Jesus people part two revival? I don't know. It's only a week into it. And there's another school in the area that's also saying the same thing is happening uh, in their world as well. But it's interesting how people want to move to take sides. You know, either this is a huge revival and you need to get on board or, eh, I don't know, it seems like it's kind of emotional and these are a lot of college students and they're going through a lot and, you know, the world's going through a lot. It's interesting that, that more and more people are having this, you know, let's, let's take sides type of mentality because when you get right down to it, I believe in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says with regard to love, love keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, love doesn't keep score. And so I think in that sense, not only does it, you know, not hold someone's sin against them because we forgive the same way God has forgiven us, Christ has given, forgiven us our sins. But when we look at what other people are doing, you know, sometimes we have that kind of judgmental way about us, you know, where we'll, we'll look at a certain event and say, well, I have to have an opinion right now. I'm just watching what's happening in Asbury and saying, hey, I'm taking it as it comes. Let's see what God's going to do through this. Let's going to see how people respond to it. How many people are having an emotional reaction to what they believe is the prompting of the Holy Spirit? How many people are having an actual reaction? I mean, this is really God manifesting in the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Lord, I pray that that is so. I pray that this is true. I, just in the same way, there are people who, uh, you know, are celebrating love today. And of course, the focus is on the Eros love or the kind of romantic love, if you will. But we know that there's no way that that love can survive unless the other four or three or four types of love are man made manifest in a loving relationship as well. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, some final thoughts on how all of the different aspects of love can hold a romantic relationship together like only God can do. Let's talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we've got, man, I feel kind of like, uh, well, like I, I'm that I'm that uncle who shows up at the birthday party and says, hey, look at all, all the stuff I brought. I mean, it is Valentine's Day, and we're talking about love being in the air. So I think it's appropriate that Amanda Jenkins was able to join us from The Chosen to talk about a new resource of theirs. The book called The Chosen presents a blended harmony of the Gospels. It's a chance to take a look at one chronological story where you see different factual accounts. It's a seamless narrative of Jesus based on everything that we know from all four Gospels. There are 40 daily readings, so it's kind of a devotional of sorts, and then there's an index that details the scriptural references for each passage. So you're reading this not like it's the Bible per se, but it's what if the Bible were woven into one story? 
And that's, in essence, what they do with The Chosen. Uh, we've got one copy of that we're giving away at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Then we're giving away some resources that some of our ministry partners have provided for us. Dr. David Jeremiah of Turning Point uh, has given us five copies of his book called God Loves You. He always has, he always will. We're giving the, those away today. 800-227-5278. Five copies. You've got a great chance of winning something. And then Dr. Charles Stanley's classic CD uh, set. It's a six-sermon CD set called Messages on Love. We're giving that away as well. Got three of those to give away at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And uh, we're keeping Crystal busy today. I think Teresa's pitching in on the phone. So is Joel and Todd and uh, the UPS guy just drove by, and I think we're going to get him answering the phones too, because why not? Um, be before the break, I was talking about the different types of love, and we think about romantic love on Valentine's Day, and that's, you know, see, the world says that's what makes it work in your marriage relationship or just in your other relationships. But the four different types of love phileo love, which is what we would call brotherly love, uh, you've got the uh, agape love which is the sacrificial love you've got storge love which is the i love you even even though you know in spite of i love you anyway love that's the love that like a parent has for a child when the child's acting up and then the eros love the erotic or romantic love they all work together the world focuses on the erotic part they just say boy boy meets girl or boy meets boy or girl meets girl or non-binary meets whoever and they have a relationship. More and more people, you'll notice, are actually having those types of feelings for non-compatible. There was a woman who married a bridge a few years ago. People are treating their animals like they're members of the family and giving them human names. It's just, it's not healthy. Uh, but God's love is healthy. And God's love is what holds good marriages together. It holds good relationships together, good family ties together. When you take the phileo, the brotherly love, the storge, I love you anyway, love, the eros, the erotic love, and of course the agape, the sacrificial love. That sacrificial love is what Christ showed for us on the cross. And it's the reason why we can truly celebrate love today and every day. And that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, is coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, uh, Terry Smith is a pastor and an author who has a new devotional book as well about experiencing God's extravagance blessings each and every day. It's called The Lord Bless You. We're going to talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. All throughout Scripture, we see places where God is blessing people, and oftentimes we in the body of Christ are really deep down seeking that blessing. But how do we receive it? How do we know that we can that we're in the right position to actually experience uh, God's extravagant blessings on our lives? Uh, pastor Terry Smith is with me today here on the Bottom Line. Has served as the lead pastor of the Life Christian Church in the New York City, New Jersey metropolitan area for the past three decades, and he's written a great devotional book that I want you to take a closer look at. The book is called "The Lord Bless You: A 28-Day Journey to Experience God's Extravagant Blessings." And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Terry A. Smith, welcome to the Bottom Line Show. Thank you so much, Roger. It's great to be with you. Well, it's good, to, it's good to have you here to talk about these extravagant blessings, because I would imagine the first thing a lot of our listeners did was say, well, I don't necessarily want extravagant, I just want to be blessed. But you <laughs> write about in this book, and you preach in, on this often, the fact that, and I'm going to use your words here, God has a zealous intent 
to bless you. Talk about what that really means. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge subject. The fact is, if you're blessed by God, the blessings are extravagant, whether that's what you were looking for or not. Um, Mm. It's just His nature to bless us extravagantly. So the very first interaction with humanity in Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we're told God blessed them. Mm. It is impossible, Roger, to overstate how significant that is. The very first thing God wants us to know about himself in relationship with us is that he blessed us. And sadly, um, humanity was removed from the full import of that blessing by their own free will and decisions. But there are scholars who will say, in fact, this is a, a pretty frequent take on Genesis, that the theme of Genesis from that point forward is the theme of blessing and God bringing people back into his blessing. And there are a number of scholars who will say that bringing people back into God's blessing is the entire theme of scripture and the entire theme of history. Mm. You know, it's it's this powerful uh, realization and revelation from Pastor Terry Smith today here on The Bottom Line, talking about his new devotional book called The Lord Bless You, 28-Day Journey to Experience God's Extravagant Blessings. I'm reading the one-year Bible chronologically, so I just got all through Joseph and Egypt and Jacob and this, that, and the other thing. And you're right, when you look at it, oftentimes we look at that as one example of hardship and struggle and, you know, done wrong, if you will, by your own family. But then you see blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing, if Israel will be willing to accept it. And I I think that's a, a cause for us in the American church today to really kind of take a step back and say, what does God's blessing really look like as opposed to um, how many things do we have? And then you know, people say, well, how are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed. You know, I'm better than I deserve, as some guys would say. But the reality is God's blessings are extravagant, and they really aren't so much about us as they are about him, are they? Yeah, it's about what he wants to do. I mean, the reason that we are blessed is because of God's grace. It's not because we did something to deserve it. It's because he made a decision to do it. And if we're not blessed, it's not his fault. It's uh, the fact that we haven't connected with God through faith and received the blessings he wants to give us. Hmm. Roger, in the book, The Lord Bless You, I define blessing like this. I say to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. Mm. And I think that that describes a full-orbed and theologically correct view of blessing. To be blessed doesn't necessarily uh, refer to things in the material world, although they do manifest in that way in most of our lives, uh, at times, at least, if not, if not off times. But to be blessed has to do more with being in right relationship with God, to being at peace with God, to living in a state of blessedness that Scripture at times, will, uh, some translations will translate as happiness. And it's to understand that God is doing good in us. He's forming our character. He's making us more like Christ. He's preparing us to live a better story. He's doing good to us. 
it seems like blessings comes with the benefits package. It often is manifest in our lives in all kinds of obvious ways and through us, which is really key. He's wanting to not just bless us, but he's wanting to bless us so that he can bless the world through us. Mm. And and that's a, a central point of the redemption story. That's a central point of the salvation message is the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that he can replicate that work of telling other people through us. I mean, that he can replicate those blessings. And you know, it's interesting, Pastor Terry Smith, uh, as we talk about your new book, The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You don't just leave us in the blessing world, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would say, extravagant blessings, where do I sign? You know, if I buy the book, I'm going to find out how to get all the extravagant blessings. But you just kind of gave us a primer for, okay, now here's what we do with the blessings. And oftentimes that's misunderstood by us in the body of Christ because we are trying to find our purpose. And we kind of think that the blessings are something that happens to us as we're doing the purpose, as opposed to maybe the blessing and the purpose are working together. Talk about how you outline the, the, that principle in your book. Yeah. So, uh, in my, in my book, the Lord bless you, I organize it into four sections or someone wants to do it this way, four weeks, and each section has seven brief uh, but substantive and hopefully at the same time fun chapters. So mm -hmm. 28 in all. And the first section or week is called Blessing, and that's where I make the case from Scripture as to how, many how much God wants to bless us. The subject of God's intention to bless us is mentioned some 500 times in Scripture. Mm. Mm -hmm. The next section or week is called purpose. And you're exactly right. Um, we can't, there, there's a so that to blessing. Mm -hmm. um, one, one Psalm actually talks about how that we receive God's blessing so that his name can be known to all the nations. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a so that to our blessing. And the way that I get at this is uh, just really being stunned in studying the creation narrative and noting, first of all, as, as I've already stated, how in Genesis 1.28, God's first interaction with humanity, God blessed them. But then the very next thing that happens, I mean, in the same breath, he purposed them. He immediately says, God blessed them. And then he told them what he made them to do, which they were to uh, multiply the God image in which they were created to the entire planet. They were to spread God's glory everywhere. They were to spread what they had in Eden to the entire, at that time, untamed, untamed world. And so blessing is inextricably connected to purpose. If we are, if we are not aware of our purpose, if we're not fulfilling our purpose, that it's difficult to live in God's full blessing. Hmm. Boy, that's a very strong statement, because when you get right down to it, I mean, how many people have it? Uh, I, I, I think of all these cliches now, Pastor Terry Smith, with, uh, you know, I'm too blessed to be stressed and this, that and the other thing. But you have to look at what real blessings look like in God's economy and then see that blessing and purpose connection, which a lot of us don't either we don't see it or we don't really make it. 
And, uh, and, and if we don't do so, then how can we possibly experience it? Pastor Terry Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break, and as we continue, we're going to talk about a sacrament of blessing and what it necessarily means to be a blessing to other people. We're going to talk about that with Pastor and author Terry Smith in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Pastor Terry Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Pastor Smith is the has been the lead pastor at the Life Christian Church in the New York City, New Jersey metropolitan area for 30 years. Uh, his brand new book that we're talking about today here on The Bottom Line is called The Lord Bless You, A 28-Day Journey to Experience God's Extravagant Blessings. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Smith, you see more and more people who are leaving the ministry or making mid-career decisions. You've been not only in ministry for quite some time, but at the same church for the past 30 years. How does a pastor stay encouraged and energized pastoring in the area where you are? I would imagine it's gotten a lot tougher over the past three decades. It 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 has. Um, we started here in West Orange, New Jersey, right here in the New York City metropolitan area. I'm about sitting about 12 miles from Times Square right now. We started uh, 31 years ago, actually, with about uh, a little over 50 members, and by God's grace, we've grown to quite a large church of a, uh, of a several thousand people, and it's been an adventure full of uh, challenges and full of wonderful things happening and seeing lots of people's lives changed by the power of the gospel. Uh, you know what? I just, um, I believe I talk a lot. In fact, I I write in the Lord bless you about a concept called area of destiny. And I write about that in the purpose section of the Lord bless you. I believe that all of us have an area of destiny An area of destiny is the connection between mission, gifting, and passion. Um, we, we all have a place that speaks to what our life is supposed to be about. And for me, the connection of mission, passion, and gifting is lived out in the context of my pastor here in the New York City metropolitan area. And knowing that, knowing that this is what God made my life to be about, uh, I think that's the thing that's kept me going for, we just celebrated 31 years. You get up mm-hmm. every day, you do what you believe God's called you to do, and you you find God's blessing in fulfilling your purpose. Yes, amen, and amen. And I'm grateful that you are so diligent in pursuing this task and this passion, and that God has continued to bless you in that area. As we talk about the brand new book by Pastor Terry Smith called The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Before the break, but Pastor Smith, we were talking about uh, the, the, the people section and uh, why you consider blessing a sacrament, you know, how to give blessings. It's very, very practical. It's very hands-on. Can you kind of give us an overview as to where you're going with that? Because oftentimes, I, you know, let's, let's be real. When we think about blessings, it's how's God going to bless me, full stop. And that's kind of where our conversation about blessings usually ends, doesn't it? Yeah, but the, the, the sad thing is, Roger, if that's where the conversation ends, you're not going to experience God's full blessing. It's just never what he intended. Uh, blessing for us isn't being a reservoir 
to use a cliche, it's being a river. It's something that Mm -hmm. flows through us and it has to touch others. So section one of the book is blessing. Section two of the book, the Lord bless you is purpose. And section three is people. Um, I talk about how that we were made to be a sacrament of blessing. A sacrament is a physical thing through which God conveys his presence and uses for his purposes. So he, he wants to use us to mediate blessings to others and to the mm-hmm. world around us. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, from the very beginning, that was, his, that was his intention. Again, he blessed Adam and Eve, and then he told them they were to multiply who he made them to be to the world. When he called Abraham, he told Abraham that he was going to bless him. But then he said that he was going to bless the world through him as well. Blessing is never, never just about ourselves. Hmm. Blessing is about, as everything else is, God's purpose is being fulfilled in the world. And so he blesses us so that we can be a blessing. That's, again, another cliche, but it's Hmm. absolutely true. True. We are sacraments of blessing. Yeah. Anyone who's ever been through the Bethel training or any other type of uh, biblical study knows that you're familiar with the phrase blessed to be a blessing, but oftentimes we just kind of focus on that blessed part and we don't catch the second part of it. Uh, Pastor Terry Smith with me today here on The Bottom Line in the book we're talking about, a new devotional called The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Smith, you have a, a section in the book on gratitude and I love the fact that you're doing so. I Sometimes I think it's just generational. It seems like we're about the same age, contemporaries of each other, and, and we knew what it was like to understand having an attitude of gratitude toward the people around you, you know, toward God, that type of thing. It seems in recent years, though, that the gratitude part is, dare I say, transactional, conditional. You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be grateful to God as long as I keep getting all the stuff that I want or, you know, to my Christian friends and that type of stuff. Talk about how if we are really to experience God's extravagant blessings in our life, gratitude, as you put it, has to be in all circumstances. It's got to be it's got to permeate every area of our lives. Yeah. So, first of all, the only appropriate response to bless you is thank you. I mean, it's pretty rude. Uh, for us to ask God for blessings and to receive them and to not be grateful. But as you just said, the Apostle Paul said that that we are to be thankful in all circumstances. I think it's important to note that he didn't say that we're supposed to be thankful for all circumstances. Mm -hmm. There are things that happen in our lives and in our world that I don't think we're supposed to be thankful for. But we are to live in a state of gratitude in all circumstances. It's like um, I was uh, just speaking this past Sunday about Paul's writing to the Philippians, where he tells them that if they ask for something, that they're supposed to ask with thanksgiving. He said it's perfectly okay, Philippians 4, for you to ask for more, but you need to ask while being thankful for what you already have. And of course, when he wrote to the Philippians, he was writing from prison. And Paul wasn't thankful to be in prison, but he was thankful while he was in prison. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the church in Philippi had started about 10 years earlier, and part of how it started was by Paul being delivered from prison. Now, 10 years later, 
The prison doors aren't coming open. Uh, he is in prison, and he's now, he, you know, he was thankful to be delivered from prison 10 years earlier, but now he's thankful while he's in prison. It's just to say that all of us experience God's blessing in different ways during different seasons of our lives as he's working good in and through our lives. Regardless what that season is, we are to be thankful while we're in it. Mm. And that attitude of gratitude really does demonstrate the level of blessedness, not only that we've experienced, but that we could actually receive, Pastor Smith. Is that is that an accurate assessment about receiving God's and experiencing God's extravagant blessings? Yes, and, and, and I think I think it's important to note, and I, I write about this in The Lord Bless You, how it's difficult, almost impossible. God can do whatever He wants to do, of course, but He doesn't choose to give us more when we're not thankful for what we already have. Hmm. And when, when, when we cannot find in every circumstance something to be thankful for, even for God and the fact that He's good, then it's difficult for God to change our circumstances and to give us more. Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple minutes left in our conversation with pastor and author Terry Smith today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Lord Bless You, A 28-Day Journey to Experience God's Extravagant Blessings. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and no doubt there's going to be a feeding frenzy uh, on our phone lines once we've concluded our conversation, Pastor Smith, and we have a copy or two of this book to, to give away. Uh, what What is your hope? I mean, ultimately, this is a 28-day journey. A lot of people have gone through, especially this time of year, are going through new devotionals, 30 days to this, 50 weeks to that that type of thing. What were you hoping for, and uh, and how is God using this book? Well, they say it takes twenty eight days to develop a habit, and I thought about that when I when I made this a twenty eight day journey. You know, this isn't, I think, the typical devotional where the writing each day is maybe a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, those there are some wonderful devotionals that are written that way. This is, I think you would agree, a little bit more substantive, a devotional book um, that uh, someone, a theologian the other day, called a Theology of Blessing, Mm. and and can be practically applied to our life. I want people to develop a habit of blessing as they read this book. I Mm. want people to wake up every day as they're reading this book and every day the rest of their, their life believing that God wakes up every day, though he doesn't wake up because he doesn't go to sleep. But if God woke up every day, (laughs) he would wake up, and the first thing on his agenda is to bless them. I want people to live with an expectation, a true sense of what blessing truly is, but to wake up every day with just an expectation that God wants to bless them today, Mm -hmm. because he does. Yes. Amen and amen. Well, Pastor Terry Smith, thank you for the work that you've done here and also for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk about uh, this brand new book. Pastor Terry Smith, the lead pastor of the Life Christian Church in the New York City, New Jersey metro area, and the author of the brand new book called The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Terry, thank you so much for your time today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate the chat. Thank you, Roger. Great to be with you. Well, there's a good conversation to have uh, among you and your friends and 
among everybody who is walking with the Lord right now, uh, Pastor Terry Smith, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. And thank you, Terry, for a great conversation regarding your brand new book uh, called The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we do have a copy of the book to give away, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have one copy of Terry A. Smith's book, The Lord Bless You, A 28-Day Journey to Experience God's Extravagant Blessings. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we have a, a bit of a message here, how the God's extravagant blessings for each of us, how God's blessings do help us understand his love for us and why that's important today of all days. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. My thanks again to Pastor Terry Smith for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. The book, The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings is up at thebottomlineshow.com and we're rounding out this Valentine's Day edition of The Bottom Line Show by giving away a copy of Terry's book. Crystal's taking your calls at 800-227-5278. 800 that's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Earlier in the program, we were talking about the He Gets Us campaign, which I think it, ultimately, I think the, the, the heart is in the right place, but if you go back and follow through on some of their uh, teachings, you begin to realize that maybe the heart is too much at the forefront and not so much about the theological accuracy of that. Um, but we do talk about love a lot, obviously, on February 14th because of the legend of St. Valentine, which we talked about at the start of the program, and or the one or two or three St. Valentines, depending on which legend you follow. But there is actually a Christian connection to love and Valentine's Day, of course, and it is God so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that Terry writes about in his book is the fact that literally every page, every chapter of Scripture makes it very clear that God does have a very zealous intent for you. I mean, when we hear the word zeal, and when you see words like jealousy attached to God in the Bible, please know this is not like some high school crush, you know, where the guy's really jealous of the girl talking to another guy or, you know, whatever. That's envy. I mean, <laughs> that's insecurity. But jealousy and the zealous nature of God literally have the same root. They come from the same root word. And it literally means that impassioned, uh, powerful desire for what's good. There are some people who are zealously evil, and there are some people who are jealously evil. That kind of borders on envy. But when you see in Scripture that God says he's a jealous God, and when you see in Isaiah the zeal of the Lord will accomplish God's will, you begin to understand that God has a heart for his people that is so strong. And that is so powerful and that is so loving that we look at Valentine's Day as a day of chocolates and flowers and cards and perfume and, you know, romantic getaways and things where husbands and wives express that uh, for each other or boyfriends and girlfriends do. In the modern culture, two people who have feelings for each other do. But the reality is the love that we show in this fashion is a zealous and jealous love in the same way that God loves us jealously and zealously. His passion for us, he wants to bless us extravagantly. 
far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. This is more than just the grandma or grandpa who says, hey, guess what? I got a lot of money and I got a lot of time and I'm going to spoil my grandkids. This isn't spoiling love. This is building up love. It's redemptive love. It's a rescuing love. It's a, it's a reforming love. It's a repentant love that causes us to repent of our sin and to follow the one who has come to rescue us. That's what we celebrate today on Valentine's Day, and that's the bottom line.